0: I'm excited and uh, we we're over at Planet Shakers conference a couple of weeks ago and uh, I tell you what man, it was, if you want to go to a conference, this is a good conference to go to. It's like a stadium where they do, you know, the Rod Laver Arena where they have the Australian Open and stuff. You know, it's, uh, and, and it's like, the floor space is like double this size and then it's just a stadium full of just tiered seating all the way up and there's like 5,000 odd people there. And I tell you, it's something else to be in a place where there's that many people who are excited and passionate about the Lord Jesus. You see, we, go, we can go to heaps of conferences and yeah, hear a good message and all that kind of stuff. And i tell you, the speakers they had there were phenomenal. John Bevere and T.D. Jakes and Reggie Dabbs and, uh, and uh, Russell and Sam Evans were absolutely phenomenal. But there's something about being a place where there's just thousands upon thousands of like-minded people who are excited about one thing and one thing alone, and that's Jesus Christ. There's one thing that is awesome when the public transport system in Melbourne have to give and provide extra transport because there's not enough at the end of the night to get all of those people who are hungry and passionate sold out for God home. Because I tell you, man, we were just waiting for ages for trams. Not By the second night, they were just providing extra ones just for us who are at the conference. See, that's a good thing. And so, uh, you know, it was awesome. And so, uh, you know, God was doing a good thing over there. And uh, I'll tell you, good things come out of Aussie. Especially my wife. She's probably the best thing that Australia's ever produced. Thank you, Australia. I guess Ron and Gene have got something to do with that as well, but you know. So tonight I want to talk about our lives internally being enlarged. You see, I believe God is calling every one of us to enlarge. And like I said before, it's not about an enlargement on the outside, and it's not about doing more. Because you see, every one of us lead busy lives. And so when we hear this thing of how God wants to enlarge our lives, we often think we've got to get busier. So we add more things in and we do more. And, oh, man, heck, I've got to do more for God and I've got to do this. and I've got... No, no, you've got to do what you're called to do. But you see, God, I believe, is calling us to enlarge internally so that then our lives can influence the, the, every, the world around us so that your life can be one, if you're at school, that it would influence your school. You see, whether you believe it or not, your school, your workplace is your mission field. You see, you can go overseas and, and do a mission, which is a good thing to do. If you've never done one, I encourage you to do it, because it will radically change your life. But let me ask you this question. God's given every one of us a mission field. Right outside the doors of this church, God has given us a mission field. What is it that you and I are doing with that? You see, what we reap, we sow. Oh, sorry, what we sow, we reap. We get that around the right way. So if we're not sowing into the community, into the, into the thing that God has given us into our mission field, then how can we expect to reap? That's why for us, Superstar was purely what we believed to be the part of that principle. See, Superstar, which is we've been doing for six years, and, and this is not a plug for Superstar or anything, but just thought of it then, you know, it's like, Superstar is not an avenue for us to preach God or anything. We, we, uh, we say to the schools that this is not a church event. It's because you see, it's about blessing. It's about sowing in to this community. And see, often people say, why don't you, you know, yeah, it's a great event, but there's no God there. So what's the purpose of that? Yeah, you see, it's about sowing. As you sow, you reap. You see, for many of us, internally, our world is all about us. See, it's not enlarged enough to the point where we can see beyond our own life, where we can see beyond our own circumstances, so that then we start to think bigger than our life, we start to think bigger than our situation, we start to think bigger than our circumstances, and we start to look beyond into what's going on around us. You see, five years of doing superstar now has enabled us to get into the schools that don't have any Bible in schools or anything like that, when we bring our guest ministries, they schools will say, yep, you can come into our school because we know who you are. We know the quality of your events, and, and we know that you guys aren't just about Bible bashing. You see, so now we actually have an inroad into schools and say, hey, give out flyers to rallies and all sorts of stuff. Why? Because we sowed. See, what is it that you are sowing? Or is your life so caught up about what's going on internally that you don't think beyond your own life. You see, God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. Far bigger, far greater than we could ever imagine, than we could ever dream. You know, Shell, I'm glad you're here tonight. Because as I was praying tonight, as I was just thinking about this tonight, this afternoon before I came to church, I thought, man, I hope Shell's there. And there you are. I just want to say that, man, I don't know what's been going on for you. You know, I don't know what's gone on over the last six months or whatever, but you know, I don't know what's happening for you. I don't know what's going on in your world. But I want to tell you this, that God has his finger pinpointed right on you. And no matter what's going on for you, you could be in the best place of your life and, and all good, but i am tell you, man, for you and for everyone, but for you, God's got more. God's got more. And to get excited. And, and I just want to encourage you with this. Don't look at the external. Don't look at what's going on around you. Look to him, who was the answer in any situation, who was the answer in any difficulty. Man, you're a cool dude, man. Man, if you don't have a cool friend, Shell's yeah, was definitely one of those. Man. <clears throat> and so, you see, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says this, that we're called to reflect, to be transformed into the likeness of God. It says this, so that all of us, as we've had the veil removed, We can reflect the glory of the Lord. The Lord, who is Spirit, makes us more and more like Him so that now we're changed into His glorious image. You see, God has changed every one of us into His glorious image. If you're here tonight and you're saved, then God has changed you into His glorious image. You see, we're called to be transformed. Young people, you're called to be transformed. What you see when you look in the mirror is not actually really who you are. When you stand in front of the mirror and you see the things that you don't like or you see the things that you do like, God has not called you to be what you see in the mirror. God has called you to be something that is far greater, something that is far bigger, something that is far more impacting than what you just see on the outside. You see, because what God's placed inside of you can change your school. Why? Because the Spirit of God has been birthed in you to empower you, to transform you, to change the world. You see, you read the Bible, people have changed the world. There's testimonies of people who are alive and have been alive who aren't even in the Bible who have changed the world, who have changed their schools. As someone enlarges internally, so that, they, so that they remove what they see externally as they're transformed from the inside out so that they then can start to believe. You see, God is waiting for someone to put up their hands and say, God, here I am, use me. God, here I am, use me. God, here I am, use me. Then I would change my school. That I would change my workplace. That I would change my neighborhood. That I would see family members who aren't saved saved. As we internally shift, see, God's calling us to be transformed. God's calling us to reflect the image of God. See, we're called to be Christ like. That we would image, that our image would be Jesus' image. That when people see you and I, they would see Jesus Christ. When you're in the supermarket and the cashier lady's taking ages and you're getting really annoyed because you're you're in a rush, that God would see, that people would see Jesus Christ in you. That you wouldn't be like everyone else who gets frustrated and has a go. You see, when you're in your car and people cut you off, that would reflect Christ-like nature. See, I'm called not to reflect the nature of Steve, but the nature of Christ. Because see, who Steve is, he's nasty. He is something else. See, I try and hide Steve away so nobody really sees him. Because, you know, if, if I wasn't saved, man, exactly. <laughs> you just can't help but see me a Because there I am, hey! But you see, the thing is, is this, that me and who I am, I'm nothing without Jesus. I can do nothing. I can't influence a generation, I can't speak, I can't do anything. I fumble my words, I don't like reading, and (laughs) thanks Charlie. I got a cool son though, three of them actually. See, it doesn't matter if what you see about yourself you don't like. It doesn't matter that when you look at yourself You don't like what you see because, you see, we're not called to look at the external. We're not called to look at who I am. I'm called to look at who Jesus made me. I'm made a son of God. You're made daughters of God. You're not a servant. You're a son and daughter. Called to carry the inheritance that Jesus has given you. Called to reflect the glory of God that he's placed inside of you when he sent his son to die on the cross. You see, and I was thinking about this, about the whole thing of enlarging and what that really means. Because see, I could say to you, you need to enlarge internally, and you go away and think, yeah, cool. I have no idea what that means. You see, it's about looking at what makes you, you. It's about actually sitting down and taking a good look at what's going on inside here. What's going on in your heart? What are the things that hold you back tonight? What are the things that hinder you from walking into the fullness of what God has? See, some of us here would be struggling with depression. Some of us here would be, have such rejection around our life that we would hate who we are and everything about us. Some of us would be full of fear. Some of us would have things going on in our life that, that we know is not good, and we've been asking God and asking God and asking God for breakthrough. Some of us here tonight are probably Sunday people who come on Sundays, lift their hands to Jesus, and walk a different way during the week. But you see, there are some here tonight who actually, life's pretty good. Your Christian walk is pretty good. But I want to tell you this, that there'd be still something that actually hinders you from coming in to everything that God has because we're not perfect. So it's not necessarily about what big sin issue we have. And we hate that word, issues. We love to use it and hear it when it's not about us. They have issues. It's a word that we use often to explain other people when we don't know what's going on. Issues. But the moment anyone says that you have an issue or I have an issue, it's like, what are you talking about? I don't have an issue. You can't say that about me. Man, I, I, can you not see what I'm like See, I'm on Sundays, lifting my hands, praising the Lord? What's going Issues? <sighs> Whatever. See, it's not about issues. It's about internally preparing yourself and having a heart that's totally after God, that's totally abandoned to God. And it's about God transforming the inside of you. See, you might be here and things might be going well. But you're starting to get a consistent walk with God, a consistent prayer life, a consistent word life. See, that's something. Some of us here financially, we might be a bit strapped. That's something. God's called us to be blessed. Our marriage could be in a little bit of a mess. That's something. Your relationship with your brother or sister or your parents might not be great. That's something. You know, God's called you to do something in your school and you're not doing it. That's something. God's called you to speak to your neighbor and you haven't done that yet, then that's something. So if we thought about it, every one of us internally would have something that we need to shift in. So if you've got your Bibles said no, I want you to turn to Galatians and uh, I'm just going to read a short passage out of there. It's Galatians 2 verse 20 and 21 it says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself to me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there would be no need for Christ to die. See, that we would break through tonight, internally. That would have God shift the things internally, that we need Him to shift. You see, I've got four real quick keys that I want to talk about that are out of this passage. That I believe would help you shift internally. That would help you allow God into your heart. You see, some people here tonight, and this happens, we often experience this for all of us. That we've been hurt so much. By what people have said, by what people have done, that our heart closes in and we put walls up. You see, that's the containment that I was talking about earlier for some people, that God wants to remove, so that you can then allow Jesus into your life. You see, some of us don't even re- don't have a father, so we struggle to see Jesus as a father, or we don't have a good relationship with our dad, so we struggle to see Jesus in that way. So when we come to Him, we just go through the motions. As opposed to coming to him, as our father who loves us, as our father see I know one thing about being a dad is that I love my kids, and I would do anything for them. I, and, and if someone came to hurt them, then I would sacrifice my own life for my boys. and I would do whatever it, whatever it takes to see that these guys go beyond where I go, that these boys who are my kids, I would do anything I can to see them take the inheritance that I've left and go on further than what I've ever gone. You see, it's not about them going on further when I die, it's about them going on further even at the age they're at. See, I believe that they would be called to do more than what I did at their age, which was not a lot. That these boys who are my kids, whom I love so much, whom I would give my life for, And see, if you're a parent here tonight, you'd understand that. And when you look at it that way, about what Jesus did, you can kind of get it, why Jesus died. Because if you think about it as a love that you have for your kids, you can get why Jesus died for you. Because He loves you so much. And you see, His love is greater than my love that I have for these. We don't even love. The love that we have for our kids and for one another It's just like small as compared to the love that Jesus has for us. So think about that. Jesus loved you so much that he would die for you, that he would send his son to die and sacrifice his life so that you and I could walk in a relationship with Jesus, so that we could carry the inheritance of God, So that our lives would be transformed into what God has called us to walk in. You see, I would hate to die and get to heaven. And and Jesus says, you know, you you loved me. You worshipped me. You prayed. You read the word. You went to church. You know, you lived a pretty comfortable life. And that's cool. And, you know, you can go through the good old pearly gates there and hang out in heaven. But you know what, Steve? I had far more for you. I had a whole... Generation of people that actually I'd called you to impact, but you just lived a life of comfort because you were saved. You're sweet now, you can just sit back and relax. You see, we're not called to sit back and relax. Times are wasting, people are dying, souls are going to hell because people are sitting back doing nothing about it. You see, tonight, as we allow God to enlarge our lives internally. So that we could then impact the world around us. So that we would start making a dent into the, into the plans of the enemy. That we would start seeing souls saved, lives changed, lives transformed. So that we would start seeing people come into the kingdom of God. So that we would start to speak life into people who don't know anything else. They're looking for the answer that you and I have. Don't keep it to yourself, friend. Whatever you do, don't keep it to yourself. First point is this out of the that Galatians 2 is that our old self has been crucified and we're made new. Your old self is dead. It's been crucified. When Jesus died, he took your old self with him. When he was nailed to the cross, your old self was nailed with him. Every thing that you don't like, every struggle, every difficulty, every weakness, every sin issue, everything was nailed with him. And now you and I have been transformed into the likeness of God. See, but many of us don't, we don't understand that. We just get so caught up on what we see on the outside that we forget what God has done when he died on the cross, that we forget the power of the cross, that we forget the power of what Jesus did for us. Your old life is dead You're now called to live a new life, anointed and appointed and called to do greater things than what Jesus did. Do you believe it tonight? Because if you don't, then I encourage you to get before the Lord and ask him to give you a revelation of that. Ask him that, God, you would give me an understanding of what that means, that my old self is dead, that I've been made new. See, if you ask and you receive. See, it's not about a head knowledge, it's about a heart connection with that. It's about a revelation and understanding of that. It's about God just placing that, dumping that inside of you, and then springing it to life. That our old self has been crucified. The second point is this, that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. You see, we're called to lay down our lives to Jesus. We're called to lay down our dreams, to lay down the things that we want to do, to lay down everything that we, who, everything that we are. We're called to lay it down. It says, if you want take up your cross and follow me, Jesus said. See, so that speaks of sacrifice. That speaks of, of giving up of who you are so that Jesus can rule, so that Jesus can be Lord of your life. Because you see, if he's not Lord of your life, then something else is. Either you'll run your life or you'll allow him to run your life for you. And and that comes down to your choice. But I want to tell you this that actually there's no joy, there's no excitement, there's no life when you run in you running your own life. The life and the joy and the excitement that comes is when you allow Jesus Christ, the one who loves you, to, to, to when you give everything that you are, you lay it down before God and you say, God, here I am. God, use me. God, I give you every dream. I give you everything that I am, everything that I have, every gift and every talent, every weakness, everything I don't like. Lord, I lay it down before you. And I say, God, use me in the way that you want to use me, in the way that you see fit. See, that we would give our lives so that we could be enlarged. So that we could be enlarged. The third thing is this, that we would have faith in God that He would finish what He's begun. See, by trusting, I live this life in our earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, by having faith in the Son of God. You see, if God started it, He's faithful to finish it. Whatever Jesus has started in your life, He's faithful to see it to completion. You see, God wants you to enlarge internally, so you have to get a revelation that, it's, that your old self is dead and now He's new. That now your life is not about you, it's about Him. And that now you're called to live by faith. Faith is evidence that we don't see. So even though what you see is a mess, you're called not to believe in that, not to live life determined by that. You're called to live life determined by what this says and what Jesus says, who speaks through this. So if you're not reading this, then how do you know what Jesus is saying? How do you know how you're supposed to live your life? If you're not reading the Bible, oh, but it's too hard. Yeah, I'm not a great reader, but when I read this, my spirit comes excited inside. My spirit jumps alive inside. Internally, I shift. I enlarge internally when I read this. Because now, what I see externally starts to be the thing that doesn't determine my life. What I read, because it's caused life to be be ignited on the inside, is now the way I start to live my life. So I start to live by faith. But I don't know how to live by faith. Read this. Read your Bible. Because that will ignite faith inside of you. That will ignite faith inside of you. Because you see, if all you're ever doing is looking at what's going on, at the negative things that are going on, at the bad things that are going on, then that will eventually destroy your life. Because whatever you look at, whatever you dwell on, whatever you listen to, you'll become. Say it again. Whatever you look at, whatever you dwell on, whatever you listen to, you'll become. So if you're sitting around people who are negative all the time and always negative, always having to go about stuff, you'll become negative. If you're sitting around people that are full of fear and they're always saying all the things that they're afraid of and how life's so bad, then you'll become full of fear. But when you hang around people that are full of faith, then you start to become full of faith. Internally, you start to enlarge. When you start to hang around and listen and read things that will help you enlarge, you see, that's why music, the enemy knows, is such a tool to destroy young people's lives. You see, the shooting that happened years and years ago in America, the Columbine shooting, they were listening to Marilyn Manson. And whether you believe it or not, I know that that music was a thing that actually exposed their life every plan that the enemy had so if you're here and you're listening to rubbish music and your life's not going well for you maybe a good idea you stop if you're watching rubbish things on tv and your life's a mess and you wonder why probably a good idea you stop watching that and start listening to music that will cause life to, to that will cause life inside of you because what you look at what you see what you listen to you'll eventually become that we would have a life that's full of faith. And the fourth thing is this, that would be, that we would live life with the transforming and empowering grace of God. You see, the last bit in the here says this, that I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. See, some of us, when we think about the grace of God, you see, we're saved by grace. I stand up here tonight by the grace of God, because by the grace of God, I've been saved, I've been set free, I've been cleansed, I've been made whole. And and the fact that I can have a relationship with Jesus Christ is because of His grace. And you know, God is an awesome God, and He loves us, and He cares for us, and He continues to pour out His grace upon us. But you see, it's one thing to then abuse that grace by continuing to stay in sin, by continuing to stay in things that you know are wrong, and say, yeah, but God will just forgive me. Yeah, he will, but actually that is what it's... Don't abuse the grace that God has for you. Don't abuse it. See, grace is not only the thing that saved you, but grace is also the thing that empowers you to walk in the plans and the purposes that God has for your life. Grace is the thing that will enlarge your life internally as you walk in grace, as you allow the faith to come, as you realize that that your old life is dead and you're now new, That as you realize that your life is not about you. It's not about... It's about actually... Bringing death to you, what you want to do, and allowing Jesus to rise. is about dying to self and allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your life. It's about living by faith. It's about allowing the grace of God to empower you to do and live a life that would count. You see, that we would be shifted internally, that we would enlarge internally so that we could change the world around us. See, I want to show you a clip in a sec. And this is off the movie Blindside, which is not out yet in, uh, in New Zealand. It's out on the 5th of May or something. And I actually saw it on the plane on the way home. And uh, this is a movie that is a true story. So this clip is actually um, that one of the news companies in America did. They interviewed the real-life characters because it's a true story. And, uh, and so I just want to... This is about a clip of a family that open their life up to influence the world around them, to influence the life of one person so that they, could, so their life could be totally and radically changed. You see, and that's what I'm talking about tonight, that we would internally be enlarged so that then our life would then influence the lives of people around us. And so I want you to watch this, and, uh, and it's about five minutes so you can sit back and relax for a bit.
1: Is he wearing? It's below freezing. Do you have any place to say tonight? Don't you dare lie to me.
2: This was the moment in the hit movie, The Blind Side, and in real life, when things began to turn around for Michael Orr.
1: Honey, you're changing that boy's life. No. He's changing the middle
0: three?
2: Michael was one of 13 kids growing up in the city of Memphis. His mother was a single parent with a crack addiction who was in and out of rehab. And because there was little supervision, Michael rarely went to school. The closest thing Michael had to a father was his friend Stephen's dad, Big Tony.
3: And then nobody nobody wanted to really deal with Mike. You know what I'm saying? Cause they said that he you know he wasn't make it, wasn't going to make it, never going to be nothing cuz where he comes from, you know.
2: Big Tony realized that if his son and Michael were ever going to make it, they needed to get out of the inner city schools. So he drove both 16-year-old boys across town to Briarcrest, a predominantly white Christian school. And there he had met with an old friend, the school's basketball coach.
1: He shows up at Briarcrest, and I recognized him, and uh, he came in and said he wanted to get his son into a a Christian environment. I think that was one of the wishes of his his mother. He wanted to get him into a Christian environment.
2: After becoming a student at Briarcrest, Michael had no idea of the challenges that lay ahead. He wasn't just a minority by race, but by size. At 6'4", 360 pounds, he was the biggest kid in the school, so he found it very hard to fit in.
1: You know, I, everybody around me was smart and uh, had everything I wanted and, and needed, and, and I just wa- I wanted to be I wanted to be a part of it.
2: Then he met Sean Tui. Sean was a successful businessman whose daughter Collins was in Michael's class.
1: I, I just think he looked a little bit out of place, and he shouldn't, and that's kind of what was what I was trying to to make sure he knew that. You know, this, you don't have to be out of place. It, it's, it's your choice, you know. People here want you to be part of everything that you want to be a part of.
2: Then one day, while Sean and his wife Leanne were driving across town, they saw Michael
1: walking across the street. And I remember driving just, just casually by him, going, oh, there's that guy I was telling you about. And I'd have just kept going. And, and she grabbed me and said, you know, what's he doing? It was Thanksgiving vacation time, so there was no school. You know, I just fell in love with the kid. I mean, it did, I didn't care. I didn't care if he had a mother, father. You know, it didn't matter to me. I just wanted his life to be as comfortable as my other two children's.
2: Leanne would quickly learn just how uncomfortable a life Michael had been living. Never
3: had one before.
1: What, a room to yourself?
2: A bed. Not only had he never had his own bed, Michael was basically homeless. So the Tuie's offered him a place to stay. But it turned into much more.
1: Well, you have one now.
2: Michael became a part of the family.
1: She just acted like she cared or something like that, and yeah, wanted to do for me, and yeah, wanted to give. Yeah, never had that. With the help
2: of a loving family, Michael was able to bring up his grades. He played basketball and football for the school. He turned out to be a gifted athlete, and his coach believed he could go further.
1: The college coaches would come watch a basketball game and see the way he ran on his toes. His, his His hands, his footwork in the post, his strength, they knew that, you know, they could teach him to be an offensive lineman and just hold people off of of rushing a quarterback. And then when he did get a little bit of football action his last year and a half, you know, that was plenty enough to show him that he was physically gifted enough to play at another level.
2: There was just one problem. His GPA was still too low for college. And that was a challenge the Tui's and Jennifer Graves, one of Michael's teachers, took head-on.
1: Michael was being tutored four and five hours a day after football, and after school, and after basketball.
2: Michael's biological mother had died, so the TUIs adopted him. By the end of his senior year, Michael had improved his GPA to 2.6 and was accepted to the University of Mississippi on a full football scholarship, where he surprised everyone when he made the Dean's List with a 3.1 GPA. Four years later, he was drafted 13th overall in the 2009 NFL draft by the Baltimore Ravens.
1: I think that Michael's life, Michael's story, is is so much more than what we do here. It it really is about the million Michaels out there. The Lord was in full control of all that, and that's why I just get excited sometimes to think what the future holds. Because I know that this is all for a reason, And um, and you know it's kind of just kind of exciting sometimes to sit back and and see his plan unfold. It's amazing how a child changes when he is clothed,
0: hungry, and you feed him, and you educate him. I mean, it's it's just there's a transformation in a child when when you know he's loved and full and smart,
1: and he feels like he's on the same page with everybody else.
2: Thanks to God's love and the help of the Tuies. Today, Michael is finishing up his rookie season with the Baltimore Ravens. And his message to kids like him is, stay in school, work for good grades, and never give up. And you too can be successful in life. For CBN News, I'm Sean
0: Brown. You see, here's a story about somebody, one life. About one life who had no future. About one life who had no hope, who had no direction, who had nobody that even cared enough. He didn't even have a bed. Never had he had a bed. See, at the age of six, he had to fend for himself. You see, Cain, my second one's six. and I couldn't believe if he was left to go out and fend for himself. You see, it took one family who looked beyond their own world, who looked beyond their own circumstances, who looked beyond their own life and said, here's a life that has no direction, that has had nobody ever care about him, that has had nobody ever love him, that has no, had nobody ever believe in him. Here is a life that we can influence, that we can believe in, that we can grab a hold of and change his world. You see, if the Tui's had never grabbed a hold of Michael's life, then guaranteed he wouldn't have made it where he's made it. That's a true story. He's in the NFL today. Last year was when he was drafted. Why? Because one family believed in him. Because one family had bigness internally to look beyond themselves and to reach out to others, which is what we are called as Christians to do. You see, there are a heap of Michaels out there. They may not have the same story as him. They may not have never had a bed. They may have had parents who believe in them, but actually their life was lost and they're looking for someone to speak life. Oh no, but it's too hard. They did it. They did it. So can you. So can I. It's about us allowing Jesus to enlarge us internally so that we look beyond our own difficulties, beyond our own struggles, beyond our own stuff. That we go to the cross, that so we allow God to sort out the things that hold us back so that God can use us. The music team can come. You see, tonight, like I said earlier, we all have something that would hold us back, that would hinder us. For some of us, it could be a big thing. For some of us, it could just be a small thing. But you see, none of us have made it. We're not there yet. We're still on the journey of life. We're still on the journey of allowing God to transform us, to change us, to enlarge us, so that we can be all that God's called us to be, so that we can influence lives that are unsaved. I want you all to stand here tonight. There's a couple of things that I want us to do. See, we could pull you up and we could pray for you. And that's cool. And if you need prayer, you need someone to pray for you, then we can do that. But this is what I saw as I was praying. In Leviticus, it talks about how when they, when they, made, when they prepared an altar, I think it's Leviticus 3, eight. When they prepared an altar before the Lord. That it says to keep the fire burning. To never let it go out as the instruction that the Lord gave. Never let the fire go out. You see, we don't make offerings, uh, we don't make altars like they did back in the Old Testament where they would, you know, give their best calf or something and they would lay it up before the Lord and, uh, and sacrifice that. But see, God is continuing to call us to prepare an altar that we would lay our lives upon daily. You see, it's that they would the instruction they gave was that the fire would stay burning. You see, the fire represents the fire of God in your life. That we would continue to keep the fire and the passion for God alight. That we would keep it burning in our own lives. And He says, God enlarges your heart then he enables us to allow the fire to keep burning. He enables us to allow the excitement and the passion for God to keep burning. And then it says that every morning the priest would come out, would would wipe away the old ash that was left over from the offering of the night before. And he would prepare the altar again for the new offering, for the new sacrifice. You see, God is wanting us, I believe, tonight to prepare an altar before him. Because it's about you and Him. It's about you and God tonight. It's about you making a connection with God and allowing Him to come and to to just transform your life, to take away the things that are holding you back. And I really believe tonight that God is removing the boundaries, is removing the hindrances, is removing the things that would hold us back. And see, as we come into the presence of God, as we lay the altar down before Him, like I said, for some of us, it's big stuff. For some of us, it's not. But I believe tonight, God wants every one of us again to lay the altar before Him. You see, this is not a one-off thing. This is not something that you do once. But you see, God is wanting us to every day, every day, lay ourselves up again before the Lord. Say, God, here I am, use me. Lord, as a living sacrifice, God, I lay down my life before you. And God, here I am, use me. Lord, everything that you have for me this day, got to let it come to pass. Lord, not my plans, not my will, but yours be done tonight. So tonight, this is what I want us to do. I want us to come and just fill the front. You know, we could do it in our seats, but actually there's something about making a stand. There's something about physically getting up out of the comfort zone of your seats and coming out and saying, Lord, here I am, Use me. So tonight I want us to fill the front and the music, we're not going to sing anything initially, we're just going to just play. And I want you, between you and God, to make an altar again tonight. And I want you to lay upon that everything that has held you back, everything that you know hinders you from being all that God's called you to be. So that then you can be and do and be empowered so that your life internally can be enlarged. And see, then once we've done that, I believe tonight, with God wants us to then pray. Pray for our friends. Pray for our family members. But first, we've got to get our lives right before the Lord. So come tonight. Make that altar before the Lord. Like I said, this is about you and Him. This is about you and Him. Lord, we give over everything that we have. Jesus, Jesus, lift your hands tonight. Holy Ghost, Father, we declare that God, everything that we have, Lord, we declare tonight that Lord, we lay it upon, Father, the altar. Lord God, we lay our life down as a a sacrifice before you. And God, we declare that tonight, Father, the things that would hold us back, Lord, we declare, would be removed in Jesus' name. Father, where there are people here tonight who are needing breakthrough, God, we declare, Lord, the breakthrough will come. Father, we speak it over them, we declare breakthrough, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, for those who have just, Lord, are tired and run down, Father, we declare, Lord, that you would ignite a passion once again. Father, as we lay this altar before you, God, Father, we declare tonight that you're all we need. That God, we are all you, you are all we need, Lord. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Father, pray dreams again. Dreams again. Dreams again. Dreams again. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. You know, Craig, don't stop believing that your family will be restored. Don't stop believing it. I know it's tough. it's been tough and the things you've had to walk through is like nothing that most people would never understand. But I want to say to you tonight, it's not a mistake that you're here. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you're in this place that you've come from Aussie and you're in this place to hear this message because God is wanting you to know that his hand is upon it. And that the breakthrough is coming. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep holding on to the promises of God. Start to get the word of God in you. Start to pray. You know, the Bible says his power in words. Correct? Start to speak over your family that they would be restored. Once again, start to speak it. Start to speak it into being. Don't look at the the external. Don't look at the fact that it is the way it is. Start to allow God to just change the way that you'd see it. And start to speak that, God, you would restore my family. God, you would restore my family. God, you would restore my family. Father, I declare it. Where the enemies come to rob. Father, in Jesus' name. I declare tonight the plans that the enemy has had. Father, declare that it is broken. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, the hold that he's had. Father, where he's blinded the eyes of his kids. Father, tonight I declare, Lord God, that the shutters would be removed. Father, God, off the eyes of his family. Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, they would see the lie that they've been living under. Father, and I declare tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord God, life into that situation. Father, in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, let's sing tonight.
3: I need you more.
0: Make the song you cry tonight. up before you. I want you to have them as though you're holding something. So have them kind of overlapped in front of you or whatever it is. And this is the person in your life that doesn't know Jesus. Whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, whether it's a workmate, this is the person that God is wanting you to influence. This is the person that God is wanting you to speak life into. You see, if you can't think of anyone, then ask God. Say, God, who is it? You see, we might have many friends, but I just want you to pick one. First work on the one, get that one saved, then work on another. You see, we're just going to pray that God would use you to influence their life. That would ignite within them a hunger and a passion to come to know Jesus. Father, I declare tonight, Father, for every soul, Father, for every person, Lord God, that we're holding before you. Father, we declare tonight that, Lord God, you would use us. Lord, Father, you would use us. Lord, you would use us. Father God, Father, to speak life into them, Lord. Whether it's a word of whether whether it's a word of encouragement, whether it's an act of kindness, Lord God, we declare you'd use us, Father God, for the person that we're holding in our hand. Father, I declare that, Lord, you would use every one of us. Father, you would give us, Lord God, the wisdom about the how-tos, Lord, and, and the when to do it and the what to do. Father, but God, we declare for every life, for every soul that we're holding before you. Lord God, we declare, as your word says, none would perish and all save. Father, we declare tonight that, Lord, those who we're holding before you, Father, would be saved. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, that that soul, Lord God, we come to know you. Father, we speak life, into that person, Father, in Jesus' name. You might be here tonight and you don't know Jesus. In that prayer that we prayed was just for you. Because, you know, it's not an accident that you were here. And I know that most of us are saved, but we don't want to ever leave a service without giving someone the opportunity to get to know Jesus. The one who gives life, the one that believes in you, the one that never lets you down, the one that will never leave you. So if you're here tonight, and you don't know Jesus where every head's bowed and every eye's closed. You say, yes, Steve, I need him. I need him. My life's a mess. My life's in turmoil. I've tried to find happiness. I've tried to find the meaning of life and, and drink and, and, and relationships and all other different things and nothing's worked. You see, friend, because the only thing that does work is Jesus Christ. If that's you here tonight, i just love you just to really quickly, just lift your hand up really high so I can see it. Holy Ghost, Father, we declare it, Lord, in Jesus' name. We declare it in Jesus' name. You might be far away from God here tonight. You might, be, you might have given your heart to the Lord and your walk with God so distant right now, then this is for you as well. This is your chance to come back to Him if that's you. Just give you a couple more, a couple more seconds anyone here tonight holy ghost holy ghost anyone one last chance one last chance is anyone here that wants to know Jesus there's a hand over there awesome awesome anyone else anyone else anyone else don't let this opportunity pass you by Jesus 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 Jesus, Holy Ghost, another hand, another hand over there. Awesome. There's two. Anyone else? We're just gonna wait just a little bit longer. See, God would be pulling on people right now. There's others in here. Your life's not right with Him. God's pulling on your heartstrings. You're feeling awkward. You're feeling uncomfortable. That's Jesus. Holy Ghost. One last chance. As I look around the auditorium. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. There's another hand. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. One last chance. So look. My left, your right. Is anyone? Anyone over here on the right-hand side of the auditorium? Holy Ghost in the middle Holy Ghost the left hand side thank you Jesus you know I want to do one other thing I want to just pray for those three that put up their hands there's a girl over here there's a lady standing up over there and another lady sitting in the seats why don't you just come up and uh, we're just going to just give you guys a big round of applause and you know, I understand that for some of you guys, it could be just that you know your life's not right. For some of you, it might be the first time, you know. And, uh, but that's cool, man. I just want to pray with you anyway. So if you just love to come up, I'd just love to pray with you. That cool dot will come and come and give a round of applause. There's a lady in the seat here. That, you to, it's awesome. I'm not that scary. awesome so what i want to do is just want to just pray for you guys you know there's just kind of obviously you guys have just felt the draw that you know you've given your heart to the Lord before but you just felt that kind of you just need to recommit again you see God knows what you guys have been through God knows the difficulties that you've been through. And although it's felt as though you've done it alone, you haven't. God's been there. And I believe tonight, God wants to just ignite a passion for him again. See, God is the answer to every difficulty. Every problem, everything, God has the answer for that. So I'm just going to pray for you guys tonight that just God would ignite a heart and a hunger for him. Once again, Holy Ghost, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, Father, that, Lord, you would ignite within these three, Father, God, a fresh love for you again, Father, a fresh passion for you again,
1: Father, a fresh
0: desire for you again, Father, declare it right now in Jesus' name. Father, you know the difficulties, you know the struggles, you know the things that they've gone through. Father, tonight, Lord, I declare, Father, across these three, that, Lord God, you would ignite within them, Father, a hunger for you, a passion for you, that, Lord, every difficulty, Father God, every struggle tonight, that, Father God, it's been broken. That, Father God, you took it upon yourself at the cross. And tonight, Father God, these guys, Lord would walk with a renewed love and a renewed excitement and a renewed joy for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Father, tonight you just fill them, Holy Ghost, with your love. Fill her, Holy Ghost. Father, where there's been grief, fill her, Holy Ghost. Where there's been hurt and pain, fill her, Holy Ghost. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare, Lord, your anointing upon her. Father, declare, Holy Ghost, tonight, You just impart a fresh dream again, Lord. Fresh excitement again, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, it's declared tonight, Lord God, that you'd anoint her, Father. That you'd fill her up again. Father, you'd fill her up again with a love and a passion for you. Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a big clap. Apologies, it's gone a little bit over time, but, uh, you know, hey, God's doing something, so it's a good thing.